0: Welcome back. We are glad you have chosen to join us for the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message from Luke chapter eight, verses 26 through 39, entitled, Liberation for Legion. Why did Jesus and his disciples sail across the Sea of Galilee in a horrific storm, just to land in a place where they are going to leave in a matter of moments, and then sail right back to where they came from? Why go to such lengths? Because the Savior had a soul to save. You know, he would go that far for you, too. Here's Pastor Tim.
1: So here's Legion. He is a miserable soul. But he's just met the Master. He just met Jesus, who secondly, is a mighty Savior. He is a miserable soul, but Jesus is a mighty Savior. And he has come to save him this day. Somebody, look at this passage, and if you look, at, you, you look at what we read about last time about them coming over on the sea, them sailing from one point to sailing to Gadara, you know, and, 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 and that severe storm that comes up, all of that stuff that happens, you know. But if you read past this story, you know what's coming up next? Jesus is about to get in the same boat that he came over here with and sail right back to the same place that he came from. So why bother to do that? Why would Jesus leave a place to come to some otherwise unknown place just to turn around and go back? Why would Jesus put his disciples in danger? Why why would he go to all the trouble and all the cost of getting into this boat and sailing over to that other side? Why? Because the Savior has a soul to save. That's why. Why would Jesus come to you where you were when you asked Jesus to come in your heart? Why would He do that? Because Jesus had a soul to save. Why would Jesus, when I'm 17 years old, sitting on a log in the North Georgia mountains, why in the world would He come to the wilderness? Because He had a soul to save. And that was mine. Why would Jesus bring you here today? Could it possibly be because the Savior has a soul to save in here today? Maybe. It's still His business. He is still seeking and saving the lost. And it may very well be that He brought you all the way this way with all that it cost you to come here Today. Just that you might be here that he might meet you Jesus is a mighty savior who still saves and I want you to see what he did in this man's life number one Jesus confronted him Jesus confronted him And in, In verse number 29, it says that he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of this man. In fact, Mark puts the quote in there. Mark quotes Jesus as saying, come out of the man, unclean spirit. You see, it seems as if this man has initiated this confrontation with Jesus because Jesus steps out of the boat and onto the land and the Bible says that this naked man comes running up to him. It seems as if he's the initiator. He's not the initiator, Jesus is. Jesus has started this confrontation by coming in the boat, by stepping onto the land and looking at this man and saying, Come out of him, you unclean spirit. Until Jesus does that, until Jesus sees you for who you are, until Jesus shows you what your genuine problem is, You're never going to seek Him, are you? You're not. That's why Jesus tells the woman at the well, I know about your husbands. I know what you're doing now. Jesus confronts people because until they understand that they genuinely are a sinner, that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, they don't even look for a Savior. So Jesus confronted him. Number two, Jesus convicted him. Jesus doesn't throw his sin up in front of his face. He doesn't throw his, her sin up in front of her face, that woman at the well. Anybody else has ended that for you, just that he might shame you and tell you how terrible of a person that you are, it is to bring you to a point of conviction. And so he asks pointed questions. Look, if you will, in verse number 30. The Bible says that Jesus has a question for this man. What is your name? What is your name? Jesus never asks a question for information. He's not asking a question so that he might learn something. He's asking the question so that the man might learn something. In the same way that he tells Adam in the garden, Adam, where are you? He already knows why he's, where he is. Adam, why did you hide yourself? God already knows. But Adam needs to know. Jesus already knows. But Legion needs to know. And isn't it Interesting that he does not give Jesus his birth-given name. Instead, he tells Jesus exactly how he views himself. I am legion, because there are a bunch of demons inside of me. I am legion, because I have a multitude of problems. I am legion, because I am a sinner through and Through. Jesus asked, What is your name? So that Legion himself might see and understand who he is. What's your name? What's your name? How do you see yourself? What do you call yourself? I want to tell you, I I like the song that we sang during the Easter thing. You know, I'm just a a sinner saved by grace. I like that. But there's far more to it than that, isn't it? I'm not just a sinner that's been saved by grace. Man, I'm a child of the King. I I belong to Jesus. I am cleansed of my sins. I am thoroughly and and completely and eternally forgiven not just a sinner that's saved by grace I'm a child of God who are you how do you see yourself do you need that kind of conviction Sean I like the song that you've been teaching us lately there's a new name written down in glory and it's mine yes it's mine I like the day that he gave me a new name that only he and I will ever know. Let me give you another one. Number three. Jesus converted him. He confronted him with his sins. He convicted him of his sins. And now he's about to convert him from his sins. It's the same thing he does for you. He will confront you. He will convict you all in the hopes... That he might convert you. That you might say yes to Jesus. Look, if you will, in verse number 36. It ends with these words. He who had been demon-possessed was healed. He who had been, he used to be, but now he has been healed from that. Those demons no longer have a home where Jesus is on the throne. They no longer have a place where Jesus is in his rightful place. If Jesus is number one in your life, the devil always has to take a back seat. Always. Listen. Jesus converts him. Everybody ain't happy about it. You know it? The, the feeders of the swine aren't happy. The, 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 the owners of the swine aren't happy. But you know what's really strange and sad to me? Is that the people aren't necessarily happy. Look at verse 37. The whole multitude of the surrounding region of the gatherings By the way, that surrounding region is called Decapolis. There are ten cities in this whole region. Every one of those people asked Jesus to depart from them. And look at this. For they were seized with great fear. They're more afraid now than they were were when legion terrorized them. More afraid of what Jesus can do than what legion might be able to do. They're more afraid and they're not willing. They're not willing for Jesus to do that for them. I mean, they've seen it, haven't they? But what you find in this passage is that these people are a lot like people today. They're not not thrilled when a man or a woman or a boy or girl gives their heart to Jesus. They're not thrilled when the end of the service at the invitation, somebody comes down the aisle. They're not thrilled when the when the when the altar gets full. Because they sit there thinking, man, it's going to be a little bit longer now. Man, the Methodists is going to beat us to the buffet today. We're more worried about the things that are out there, the things that are temporal, than the things that are eternal. The people in this passage are more concerned with swine than they are souls. They're more concerned with pigs and with profit than they are with people. We better get our priorities right. The priority of heaven is the salvation of men and women and boys and girls. Jesus is the Savior who wants to save every single day. The Bible says about that New Testament church every day He added to the church those who were being saved. Every day. Every day, Jesus wants to save people. You know what's happening in heaven? Man, they are having a show nuff down right? Yeah, they a part of the Bible says all of heaven rejoices, God rejoices, the angels rejoice, those who've gone on before us rejoice. There's ain't nothing like somebody giving their heart to Jesus. You don't stop there though, and Jesus doesn't stop there. Fourthly, Jesus changed him. Let me tell you this, you can't stay the same. You can't give your heart to Jesus and stay like you were. Now it is true. Jesus loves you so much that He will take you just like you are. But this is equally true. Jesus loves you so much that He won't leave you like you are. There is no way that you can be the same without the Holy Spirit and then the Holy Spirit coming to live inside of you. There is no way that you can stay the same person. Your body now is the temple of the Spirit of God. And He brings about change. Sometimes He brings about change that is so dramatic that everybody can see it and they can note it. Sometimes it's not quite as dramatic. And we don't like it. Sometimes Dina has said, I don't have a very good testimony. You know what her salvation testimony is? She's nine years old, goes to vacation Bible school. When the preacher gives the gospel, she says yes to Jesus. You know, no sex, drugs, and rock and roll for her, right? (laughs) So we invite people into church. Man, come share your testimony. Tell us how God saved you from drugs. Come share your testimony. Tell us how you used to be an alcoholic and now you're dry. Come share your testimony with us. Tell us how you used to be in the sex industry and now you're clean. Tell us those things. Man, that's what we want to hear. But I tell you what, what I wish I had for a testimony was, not I'm 17 and I give my heart to Jesus, but I'm 9 and I give my heart to Jesus. And I don't put myself or my parents or my friends or anybody else through what I had to go through. This man, though, man, we'd invited him to church because he's got some kind of story to tell. His change is dramatic. The Bible says in, in verse number 29 that he was seized and that the demons would drive him into the wilderness. But look at verse 35 with me for a minute. Where is he now? He's sitting. He ain't running around like a crazy man. He's sitting still. In verse number 27, the Bible says that he was in the tombs. You see where he's comfortable now? At the feet of Jesus. In verse number 27, the Bible says that he had no clothes. Look at verse 35. What's the next one? He's clothed. Jesus sets him aright, doesn't he? We read all these things about how this man was greatly deranged. But look at how verse number 35 finishes up. He was in his right mind. I remind you what the Bible said there in verse number 36. He who had been demon-possessed is demon-possessed no longer. It's Paul talking to the Corinthian church and giving a whole list of some of the worst kinds of sinners. And then he turns around and he says, And such were some of you, were. It's not who you are anymore. The liar is not a liar anymore. The thief is not a thief anymore. The adulterer is not an adulterer anymore. He has been saved and he's being sanctified. He's been converted, and he's being changed. But Jesus isn't through with him. (laughs) Listen, your testimony doesn't stop with, and then I ask Jesus to come to my heart. That's not the end of your testimony. Because he's still working on you, right? He's still doing something in your life, with your life, and through your life, isn't he? He's about to do something with this man that used to be called Legion. So number five, Jesus challenged him. Jesus challenged him. Now, we read verse number 37 a moment ago. What a sad and terrible verse that it is. All that multitude of people in the gatherings. Did you notice when we read that? It says, they ask him to depart from them. We don't want Jesus around here. We, we, don't, we don't want any of that stuff. We don't want any of that. 12 years old, I asked Jesus, Jesus, please just leave me alone. Guess what he did? He left me alone. Jesus is a gentleman. He's not coming barging in your life. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody, any man, any woman, any boy, any girl, will open the door, then I will come in. And I will have fellowship with him and he with me. Anybody. Anybody. You can open the door, but he's not going to open the door. He's not going to break down the door. He's not going to pound on the door. He's just going to knock. If you'll open it, he'll come in. But he's bringing a challenge with him, isn't he? You see, just because these people don't want Jesus, doesn't mean Jesus doesn't want them. I mean, the most natural thing in the world is for this man to be able to say, Jesus, you're getting back in the boat. I want to go too. You know, I I don't want to go back to town. You know, I I don't want to face those people anymore. I certainly don't want to stay out here in these tombs anymore. It stinks out here. (laughs) Let me just go with you. See what Jesus said to him in verse 39? You return to your own house. That tells me he's got a place. It tells me that he's got neighbors. It tells me he's got a family. Mark tells me that he's got friends that still live there. Return to your own house and tell what great things that God has done for you. The challenge that is his is the challenge that is ours. Go home. Go home to the place where you live. Go home to your neighbors. Go home to your family. Go home to your friends and tell them what wonderful things that God has done for you. We sing the song Count Your Blessings, name them one by one, and there can't be a more impossible song to sing. Because once I get started counting, I can't stop. I can't tell them all the wonderful things that God has done for me. I'm not even aware of some of the great things God's done for me. But what I do know, they deserve for me to tell them. Who else is going to the Gadarenes if he doesn't go? Who else is going to his family if he doesn't go? Who else is going to his friends if he doesn't go? Jerry Vines tells a great story as he tries to put that that story into perspective. He says, Can you imagine the day that clothed in his right mind, Legion leaves the tomb and heads for town? They see him walking up, and suddenly the children that were just at play, Mama said, you better get in the house. Here comes Legion. Man, they scurry, they shut doors, they shut windows. Nobody wants to be around when the boogeyman comes to town. Yet there's one little boy in town who looks out the window of his house and says, Mama, Mama. I think I see Daddy. And she looks. He don't look like what he looked like the last time she saw him. He looks like the man that she married. He looks like the man who held that baby boy in his arms. He looks like what they always wished that he'd look like. And he's finally come back to town. And they know. They know that something is different. And the something is Jesus. What Jesus did for him, he can do for you. Let me ask you to bow your head and close your eyes with me for a moment. Is there a sin... In your life that is so besetting. It is so strong. You just can't get rid of it. No matter how hard you try. No matter how many people you talk to. No matter how many therapy sessions you go to. You just need Jesus. And He will fundamentally change you from the inside out. And that's what you've wanted. I mean, you may not understand that. You may not understand all that God's going to do with you, for you, or through you. All you know is is that you need Jesus. Jesus. I guarantee you today that if you give him your heart that he would come into your heart into your life that he would be your savior he would be your lord Father I pray for folks all in this room those that are watching from home that your Holy Spirit right now who confronts us who convicts us, would lead us to Christ, to that point of conversion, to where we say yes. Father, there are people in this room today who need to say yes to you. Would you do for them what you've done for Legion? I bet you there's somebody who's watching this who needs for you to do for them what you did for Legion. I just ask you to do what you want to do all along. That you would awaken those who are spiritually dead. And that you would revive your church. Jesus, I pray that you would act in power and glory today in these moments. we would see it, and recognize it, even if nobody else does. Bless these moments in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
0: This year at Brit David, we would like to challenge you to share the love of Christ with those you come into contact with each day. Remember, he who wins souls is wise. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at BritDavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.